Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Closet Champion Podcast. My name is Mike Mueller, and I am your reigning, rarely defending, highly disputed champion of pro wrestling podcasts. On this debut episode, I'm going to give you a little bit of background into my roots, what influenced me as a pro wrestling fan. I'm going to give you a little bit of an overview as to how my episodes are going to be formatted going forward, and I'll give you my top 10 wrestlers of all time, because who doesn't love top 10 lists, right? To begin, I should let you know that I have liked pro wrestling literally since before I can remember. Uh, You know, most people remember the thing that got them into pro wrestling that really hooked them, whether it was a match or a storyline, you know, whatever it was, most people can tell you this is when I became a wrestling fan. Well, I don't have that memory because at two years old, my uncle was sitting me down and got me into pro wrestling. My wrestling fandom predates my even consciousness. Um, However, the one thing that I do remember very distinctly, the first storyline that I can really place exactly where I was and know what was going on in my life when it happened was the 1993 Royal Rumble with Yokozuna. I remember being at my aunt's house, my cousin coming in and going, they got one leg up, they got one leg up, and we all thought Yokozuna was actually going to be eliminated. Of course, we know that doesn't happen, and the rest is history. And just like that, the rest is history for me. I've been a fan pretty much ever since. And like any kid, uh, I loved the bigger-than-life personalities and the -the over-the-top storylines. And what I liked even more was the fact that a lot of the bad guys were cool. You know, in movies, especially as a kid, the bad guys are never cool. They're very one-dimensional, they're very just pure evil, and there's nothing really to like about them. Well, you know, I'm a kid, and I'm supposed to love all the faces and hate all the heels, and I did like a lot of the faces, and I did hate a lot of the heels, but there were some that were just too cool that it didn't matter whether they were good or bad. I still loved them. You know, people like Randy Savage, Mr. Perfect, Bobby Heenan, Jesse Ventura. They cracked me up. They were funny. They were entertaining. They were cool. I wanted to be those guys way more than I wanted to be Hulk Hogan or the Ultimate Warrior. I'll tell you that. Um, And, you know, as I got a little older, around the age that a lot of kids start falling out of wrestling, kind of when they realize it's all a work, that's right when wrestling was starting to really explode and the Attitude Era came out and it was the most popular thing on TV. So now here I am, a kid that's been watching this for 10 years and it's starting to wane a little for me. Now all of a sudden it's more popular than ever. And now I'm right back into it. So that kept me going. But I did take about a nine-year hiatus around 2002 to 2011. You know, Wrestling had lost its luster. WCW had folded. Competition wasn't really there. And the Ruthless Aggression era was starting. And it just really wasn't my thing. You know, I became too cool for it once it fell out of style. And I remember very specifically the thing that got me back into pro wrestling was I was living in Ann Arbor and I was talking with a co-worker. I worked in a grocery store at the time and a co-worker had told me, we got on the subject of professional wrestling and he told me about this guy CM Punk and how cool this guy was. He was a bad guy, but he wasn't really a bad guy. And all the things that this guy was telling me were like, man, that's what made me fall in love with wrestling in the first place was people like that. So I turned it on, I slowly started getting back into it, and I wasn't really hooked until the pipe bomb. Man, I was sitting there with my best friend, John Morelli, now Dr. John Morelli, shout out to him at Anchor Chiropractic in Las Vegas. Dr. John and Dr. Ali are great people. Go there, they'll take care of you. 
But anyway, I'm sitting on the couch with John and that CM Punk pipe bomb drops. And man, we both look at each other midway through this promo and realize, man, we're watching something special. And from that point forward, I've pretty much been a wrestling fan for a completely different reason, for the reason that adult, you know, the smart marks are pro wrestling fans, the athleticism and, you know, the incredible storytelling and the live theater and the risks they take and what they put their bodies through and you just appreciate it for all the reasons that we appreciate it as people in our 20s, 30s, 40s, etc. And why we still watch it to this day. Okay, so that's kind of my background and my history. What I'd like to do now is kind of give you guys a quick idea of what I want to do with this podcast. To me, I'm going to have sort of three sections every week. I'm going to have what I'm calling the main event, and that's going to be an examination of a wrestler or an event or a theory in wrestling, big picture stuff. I'm not here to do a weekly here's who pinned who and what happened after this. We're all watching wrestling. I assume that if you're listening to this, you're watching it every single week. I'm not going to just do a freaking sports center box score recap. You can get that anywhere. I want to take a bigger look at ideas and people and what sort of makes pro wrestling great. Anything from, you know, the lost art of managers or why we don't see as much extreme wrestling anymore to, you know, the concept of, you know, Monday Night Wars and going back in history. I just want to explore everything that there is with wrestling. If you guys want a weekly recap, you can watch this week in WWE on the network for only $9.99. You don't need me to do that for you. Uh, What I'd like to do also is a weekly top 10 list like I'm going to do today. You know, Lists are fun, and that's what gets people interactive and excited, and I always know that I loved seeing lists when they came out and disagreeing with people and going, how could you say that this person's better than that person? You know, that stuff's fun, and that's the stuff I want to do in my podcast. I'd love to hear your guys' uh, opinions about some great lists that you think that I should do. Uh, You know, I'm at your guys' mercy. If no one listens to this, I'm just an idiot in his living room talking to a microphone. So I want to hear what you guys want me to talk about, most importantly. So please give me feedback any way that you can. And then the last thing that I want to do in my weekly show is do a quick This Week in Wrestling recap, not go over everything, maybe just talk about a couple of the storylines that uh, I thought were really interesting or exciting or terrible if it happens, and just kind of give my opinion on where I think things are going. So we're going to have the main event, we're going to have the top 10 list, and we're going to do a quick This Week in Wrestling recap. All right, so without further ado, I want to get into my top 10 favorite wrestlers of all time, and I'm also going to give you a match that I think you guys should watch in order to really appreciate them. Again, I'm sure you're going to know everybody on this list, but if you want to go back and familiarize yourself with them, I'm going to give you a really great match in history that I think you should go back and watch. Um, And what's important to remember is this is a completely subjective list of my favorite wrestlers. These are not who I think are the best wrestlers of all time or the most important wrestlers. This certainly isn't people that would necessarily be on the quote-unquote Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling, which I hate that term, but that's a a podcast for a different day. Um, These are just strictly my favorite wrestlers, past and present. Without further ado, number 10, Eddie Guerrero. 
man, you know, Eddie was one of those guys that honestly I really didn't appreciate in his time. Um, I kind of overlooked him. I don't know what was wrong with me. But going back and looking at a lot of the old stuff that he did, you know, a lot of the stuff from ECW and the early WCW days, and then, of course, his incredible run in the WWF slash WWE, just really an all-around incredible athlete, crisp solid worker could do all the luchador stuff but could also be a great technical mat wrestler i think he's the perfect combination of dean malenko and Rey mysterio that sort of in-between mat guy that can also fly and make you go wow and with that in mind i think if you're going to watch one eddie guerrero match it does have to be his match at halloween havoc 1997 with Rey mysterio i've seen this come up on a lot of people's top 10 matches of all time and i have a hard time arguing with it it's incredible the things they do to each other you you think someone's going to really end up with their head getting flipped off but somehow they keep it together they don't botch it's clean it's beautiful it's everything you want as an adult and as a kid in pro wrestling i think this is one of those matches that everybody can love uh, no matter if you know who these people are if you stopped watching in 1979 or if you didn't start watching until 2019 you can still look at this match from 1997 and go, that is great wrestling. And that's something that Eddie Guerrero was always able to do is just put on great wrestling. And he sold into his characters. When he's a white meat baby face, he's a white meat baby face. And when he's a heel man, he is the most dastardly son of a bitch that you've ever seen. And just uh, sleazy when he needs to be, charming when he needs to be, both when he needs to be. Shout out Latino Heat. Uh, Eddie Guerrero is just one of those guys that really could do everything and that I really didn't appreciate uh, nearly as much as I should have when he was around. I kind of overlooked him and shame on me for that. So I'm making up for it by putting him in my top 10 list now. Number nine to me is a current wrestler. I'm sure I might get some flack for this, but it's uh, the one and only Cody Rhodes. We all know Cody is doing his thing in AEW now and the really nasty divorce that he had from WWE didn't go out the quote-unquote proper way. But, you know, he was being underused and he is someone to me that I've always respected as a wrestler, Uh, And as an entertainer, his stuff with Rhodes Scholars and that terrible mustache was unbelievable. His disfigurement when he was wearing the clean mask, which was just, oh, so good. And of course, he brought back the classic Intercontinental title, which is the greatest title that's ever been created in any organization. Uh, It's so beautiful, and they just got rid of it again. And WWE, if you're listening to me, which I know you're not, but shame on you. That new belt, yeah, it's fine, but nothing will ever top that classic IC title belt. And Cody Rhodes brought that back, so he's always going to have a special place in my heart. And if you want to see a great Cody Rhodes match, you don't have to go back very far. Go watch him versus brother Dustin, also known as Gold Dust, on the Double or Nothing show that AEW put out a couple months ago. Man, this is bloody and brutal and you want to talk about two guys just leaving it all out there that's what happened there dustin passed his prime cody at the very peak of his prime but both of those guys just looked like a million bucks and uh, i couldn't have been prouder for both of them and happier for both of them for putting that match on it's been a match that's People have, you know, people wanted to see Goldust vs. Cody at WrestleMania, or even Goldust vs. Stardust at WrestleMania, and they never got it. And you start to think that it's never going to happen, or if it does happen, it's not going to really live up, you know, to the hype and what you'd really want 
from that match because you know they're both older now but they did not disappoint at all they put on a great great match and if you want to see cody um sort of at his best i'd say definitely check this match out number eight for me is another current wrestler it's a ko baby kevin owens this is another one that i have to say i didn't uh, i didn't give him props as early as I should have. Uh, I was turned on to Kevin Owens actually when he was still Kevin Steen uh, wrestling in Ring of Honor. Someone showed me one of his matches. I kind of shrugged off. I was like, yeah, okay, all right. It's it's good. It's fine. But, you know, he's not going to be nothing. You know, it's, it's whatever. Um, holy cow, was I wrong. Kevin Owens is, to me, one of the greatest heels that the WWE has put out in the last decade. He's so casual. He has a bit of a CM Punk... Um, jake roberts vibe to his interviews where you don't feel like he's you know delivering a promo you feel like he's just talking to you and it's honest and it's it's so in the moment and i hate to use this term but it's so real uh it's real in a way that other people can't pull off people like you know seth rollins or roman reigns or drew mcintyre they're great but when you hear their you know, shoots, you're going, someone wrote this. This is, you know, something that they've rehearsed and they've done. Every time Kevin Owens talks, man, you feel like he's speaking from the soul. And I think that's just absolutely incredible. And if you want to go see a Kevin Owens match, you really can pick anyone you want. There's not a lot of bad ones. I just last night rewatched the Elimination Chamber 2015 match against John Cena. Uh, looking back on it, maybe not the best match that I could pick. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was his first match on the WWE stage. He had been NXT champion, but it was his first match on the WWE stage. And uh, it just, you know, every trick out of the bag. He emptied the bag in that ring. You got to see all of his big moves. It was exciting. It was great. And, uh, you know, as much as we all like to bag on Cena, uh, the guy's a pro and really stepped, steps his game up when the person across from him is as good as someone like Kevin Owens. John Cena also delivers. So that's a great match. That's one that's definitely worth checking out. And uh, I just dropped his name a couple seconds ago, but number seven on my list is CM Punk. Uh, depending on who's listening, you either think that number is way low or way high. But again, this is subjective, and that's where he falls on my list. So, you know, deal with it. And what makes CM Punk great more than anybody else is his mic work. You know, I talked about it earlier, that pipe bomb, but not even just the pipe bomb interview. Any single time CM Punk gets on the mic, it's gold. He's sarcastic. He's funny as hell. He knows what he's talking about. He's believable. He has conviction. And then when he gets in the ring, he backs it up. Uh, he has maybe the ugliest flying elbow drop of all time, but anything that's an homage to Macho Man Randy Savage is okay in my book. Uh, CM Punk is just one of those rare once-in-a-generation athletes that, uh, whew, God, I, I wish WWE had him so much sooner than they did because I would have loved to see him. Hopefully we'll see more of him. He's creeping on back. He's on WWE backstage now. So hopefully his time away from the squared circle is coming to an end and we're going to get to see some more CM Punk because I got to tell you, I what little exposure I got to him, the three years, three years or so that I got to watch CM Punk was just incredible. And if you want to watch a CM Punk match, don't bother with anything else. Again, there's a million great ones. Go watch him versus who else? John Cena. 
but that Money in the Bank 2011 is absolutely incredible. I would argue that there has never been a more one-sided match as far as fan reaction goes than CM Punk versus John Cena in that title match in Chicago. Um, I think Andre the Giant had more supporters in the Pontiac Silverdome for WrestleMania three against Hulk Hogan than John Cena had against CM Punk. Nobody wanted Cena to win that match. Little kids didn't want Cena to win that match. That was just a really special thing. But I like to give a backup plan because just in case you've seen that one a million times or you want to see something that really shows off his incredible uh, in-ring abilities, go watch him versus Daniel Bryan at Over the Limit 2012. You want to talk about a Matt Classic, that's just incredible. Uh, so there's two for you for CM Punk. He, he's, he's special. He gets a bonus. Number six for me is going to be Chris Jericho, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. Again, this man just does not slow down. He's been doing this since the late 80s, early 90s, and he's doing some of his best work now in AEW. I love Chris Jericho. Again, I love the funny heel. The funny heel is my favorite character, uh, the one who can be the sarcastic, biting, you know, I don't really like monster heels. I, I was never a huge, you know, Undertaker, Kane person or the Giant or, you know, those those weren't my guys. Yokozuna, like those weren't my guys. Vader, not my guy. I like the heels that kind of won with their mind as much as they won with their wrestling and... I think Chris Jericho is just the best at that. He's a great face as well. He can play a white meat baby face. But I think if you really want to see Chris Jericho shine, you need to see him as a heel. And so for that reason, I'm going to recommend if you watch one Chris Jericho match after listening to this podcast, check out 1998 Slamboree against Dean Malenko. These guys just had absolutely incredible chemistry in the ring. And Jericho is at his most entertaining just this was during the dean malenko feud where he brought out you know the infamous thousand and four holds where every other hold was an arm bar that was a great promo and i do want to say if you go back and watch that match watch the battle royal first so you understand um a what's going on and why dean malenko is dressed like that and b because him introducing the competitors for the Battle Royal is amazing. It's classic Chris Jericho, pronouncing everybody's name wrong, giving little backhanded compliments or just straight up backhands and insulting the people. Uh, it, it really showed you just how funny Chris Jericho was. And that's a trait that you can never have too much of in wrestling, in my opinion. All right, so top half of the list, number five, Ric Flair. Again, a lot of you people are going to be saying that is way too high or way too low. There's a lot of Ric Flair haters out there, and I never really realized or understood that, uh, and still don't, to be honest with you. You know, I see all these shoot interviews and people like Honky Tonk Man uh, going off and talking about what a douchebag Ric Flair was, and maybe he was, I don't know. But they also say that he has the same match every night and that he just could only do the same, you know, six, seven things. I disagree. He does his greatest hits in every match, but in between there, that guy was able to shake it up a lot. And once again, the theme for my favorites, you're seeing it, it's talking. That man could cut a promo like no other. Cocaine sure as hell helps when you cut some of those promos, Rick. It was the 80s, but goddamn, if I see you take off those alligator shoes and throw them at the camera one more time, man, I'm going to take that eight ball away from you. 
<laughs> Ric Flair, though, just nonstop energy, nonstop personality. I don't think anyone enjoyed being a professional wrestler more than Ric Flair did. Uh, you know, it's a lot of people's dreams, but I don't think it ever stopped being his dream, even when he achieved it. He still was that little kid that just was so excited to be a wrestler. And, uh, you know, he poured his heart and soul into it. And everybody in pro wrestling owes a, a huge debt to Ric Flair and what he did for us. The Ric Flair match that I'm going to recommend is the 1992 Royal Rumble. Most people say this is the greatest uh, Royal Rumble of all time. I will save my opinion on that because I plan on doing a Royal Rumble podcast pretty soon where I talk about my top 10 Rumbles. Uh, but this is just, you wouldn't think that a match like the Royal Rumble would really get to showcase what somebody can do in the ring because it's just a lot of punching and kicking. But Ric Flair goes in there and for an hour he just tears the house down and does all the great things that Ric Flair does. It's accompanied with the incredible commentary by Bobby the Brain Heenan. I would say this is the best commentary on any match ever done and he does it for an hour um bobby you know, was just a monster like that total madman could do anything if i had one small criticism about that rumble though i have to say the only thing that that was missing was the great rick flair entrance you know the robe and the music and the cockiness uh they had him be number three and i get why they had him be number three this was still fairly new for the royal rumble it was only their uh fourth time doing it on pay-per-view fifth time doing it overall once you have someone win from the number one spot that's kind of gone and i think maybe they just kind of wanted to save that but to me it would have been great if you hear rick flair's music pop off at number one or number two and then you hear that great bobby heenan meltdown shouting no a thousand times um, i think that would have been great i think that's the one thing that they were missing a little bit from that but other than that, just absolutely perfect match. Flair is a genius. Flair is amazing. The promo after he wins is just, ah, oh, beautiful. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Ric Flair wins the 1992 Royal Rumble. If I ruin that for anybody, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. But it is what it is. Time for number four. My most controversial on this list. Uh, number four, greatest wrestler of all time for me, Chris Benoit. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going to make excuses for what he did. What happened, happened. It was awful. It's a travesty. I understand why WWE does not want to associate with him. But to me, it does not change the fact that what Chris Benoit did in the ring was absolutely phenomenal. That guy was a beast. He was that nonstop, constant attacking wrestler. And a lot of people, Ric Flair included, um, would knock him for that because like you're not giving us time to sell you're not giving us time to sell what you did but what I loved about it and why I loved Chris Benoit was exactly for that reason because if this is real which we know it's not but we're pretending it is and that's the beauty of pro wrestling if this were a real fight why on earth would you give your opponent a even a moment to breathe why would you not be relentlessly attacking them every chance that you get so he would just lay in punches and kicks and chops oh my god those chops incredible uh and throw his whole body on the line you know it just diving headbutts off the top and chris Benoit was one of those people didn't have the charisma um didn't have the mic skills but holy cow, I could watch a thousand Chris Benoit matches back to back to back and not get bored. 
that guy just was so good in the ring, knew so many holds, knew how to tell a story within the match that is something that definitely is lost in this day and age, even among the elite. Um, I, I see them lacking in that a lot. That's one thing that Chris Benoit never did. Chris Benoit told the story with every single match that he was in, and I just respected the hell out of him. Uh, I hate the way his story ended. You know, that's just a, a sad part of history that we're going to have to live with. But to me, it doesn't justify excluding him from my list because I've got no business in this. I've got no money to be made. So for me, Chris Benoit is your number four. And if you want an example of a great Chris Benoit match, may I recommend the 2003 Royal Rumble versus Kurt Angle. This is a wrestling clinic. I mean, you're not going to go wrong with either a Kurt Angle or a Chris Benoit match. And these guys had a ton of great matches. And it's maybe the best technical wrestling match I've ever seen. The Eddie Guerrero-Dean Malenko ECW farewell match is the only one that comes to my mind that could even come close to rivaling how brilliant, brilliant of a match this is. Um, if you appreciate amateur wrestling and you like the mat-style wrestling, this to me is a must, must, must-see match. You cannot miss it. Uh, it's one of my favorite matches of all time. Number three, the top three, HBK, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. You know, when I was growing up, Shawn Michaels was my favorite. Again, I told you I like the cool heels. Uh, and Shawn Michaels was as cool as you could get, man. When he was with the Rockers, they were fun, exciting, energetic, hip, young, loud, so cool. Then he turns on Marty Jannetty. Marty Jannetty runs through a glass window to escape Shawn Michaels, if you want to believe Bobby Heenan's version of the story, and goes off to become this cocky, arrogant, obnoxious, full-of-himself heel uh, with the theme music and the ridiculous outfits. Man, I was a Shawn Michaels fan from Jump Street. He just could do no wrong to me. And, you know, he's got the nickname Mr. WrestleMania for a reason. The guy is the showstopper. He could do everything and always, always stepped it up on the biggest stages. Even if you look at his clunkers at WrestleMania, you can pretty clearly say, all right, WrestleMania 11 was not his best match. It certainly wasn't because of him. It was because of Diesel. You know, WrestleMania 9 wasn't his best match. Not because of him, because of Tatanka. Like, if Shawn Michaels is in a match at WrestleMania, you know that you are getting the A-plus effort from one of the greatest of all time. So you got to give him respect. And if you're looking for a Shawn Michaels match to watch, the two obvious ones that stand out, most people are going to say his match against Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. I certainly will not argue that. It is a perfect match. It is one of the few matches that lives up to the hype and especially as time goes on, continues to be just, one of the, again, one of those matches that you could watch whether you're a fan of modern wrestling, Attitude Era wrestling, Carney wrestling from the 1890s, you can watch that match with The Undertaker and just absolutely enjoy it. To me, though, the match that's even more important than that and is more important for the history of Shawn Michaels and the history of the WWE is the 1994 ladder match against Razor Ramon. It was not the first ladder match in WWF. Uh, certainly wasn't the first ladder match ever. They had been doing it in Stampede Wrestling and a few other places. Jake Roberts actually is in 
uh, early ladder match where it's an actual just ladder that was like used they found in the you know janitor's closet and brought it out and that was the ladder that was used they've come a long way since then but you want to talk about just getting it man him and razor got the gimmick of that ladder match and used it perfectly um i i think it really it is the bar for all ladder matches there have there are some that you could say are arguably better. There are some that definitely have bigger high spots. Uh, but to me, that is a great ladder match because it's a wrestling match with a ladder. It you know The ladder is the central theme to it, but at the end of the day, it's still a wrestling match. It doesn't play, to me, like a gimmick match the way a lot of ladder matches do. Uh, and that's something that I just really respect. And, and they still kept the story at the forefront of the match, not the latter. It was really about the story. And so for that, that's the reason why it's my personal favorite match that Shawn Michaels has ever done. Number two, the Macho Man Randy Savage. What is there to say? I'm not going to do a Randy Savage impression because I can't do one unlike everybody else in the world. But man, this guy was indeed too hot to handle and too cold to hold. He could do no wrong to me. Randy Savage was the definition of electric. This guy was the definition of a sports entertainer. He was a pro wrestler through and through. He invested himself into it. You know, those robes were not cheap, folks. Those crazy hats and sunglasses were not cheap. And those were coming out of Randy's pocket. He was paying for that, just like Ric Flair paid for his robes. Randy Savage was what a pro wrestler should be. If you want to see Randy Savage in all of his glory, I'm going to tell you right now, people are going to tell you to go watch the match against Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania 3. And it is great. I'm not knocking it. But to me, the Randy Savage match is his match against Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 5. Because that was just peak heel storytelling within a match. The way he used Elizabeth as a shield, the way he worked Hulk Hogan's cut eye, it just worked on every single level. Uh, The commentary adds to it a lot too. But he's just absolutely brilliant. Go check that match out. I think you'll really like it. And number one for me, my favorite wrestler of all time, Mr. Perfect. You say, what? Mr. Perfect? Yeah, Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Fuck Honky Tonk Man. There you go. I said it. First F-bomb of the podcast, I think. Uh, And Honky Tonk Man deserves it because Mr. Perfect is the best intercontinental champion of all time. That dude was just could not make a mistake in the ring if he tried he sold he made everybody look like a million bucks that's why you couldn't help but respect him uh as my buddy once famously said he's great at getting his ass kicked and yes he is mr perfect did just that but more than that it was the confidence that he had the true belief that he really was perfect and you really did get the vibe that Kurt thought that about himself and yeah that's an arrogant thing to think about yourself but if you're a professional athlete you know and a professional entertainer you better think that about yourself and I don't think anyone was as brazen with it as Kurt Hennig was and then once he got between those ropes oh my god flawless execution on everything the you know the next snap 
the perfect plex, you know, the shin breaker, like everything that perfect did was so, so clean. And just what an athlete, what a guy. To me, there's never been any better. Nobody beats Mr. Perfect in my book. Absolutely nobody. So if that doesn't give you an insight into who I am, then I don't think anything else that I could say will do the job. Folks, thank you so much for listening and taking some time to hear me rant about the things that I love to rant about. And give me feedback. I live for your guys' feedback, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear me talk about next. If you want to be a guest speaker on the show with me, please hit me up. Odds are, if you're listening to this, you're my friend already. I'd love to talk to you about wrestling. So until next time, this is your Closet Champion signing off. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll do it again real soon. Goodbye.